All right, well, welcome to Temple Online again. I hope you enjoyed Jermaine and Mallory leading us in worship, and we certainly have a good, good God. Well, I want to tell you, I am extremely proud of your staff. They have been uh, working nonstop through this. Uh, we have been using technology, and hopefully you have uh, been contacted by someone on the staff uh, just touching base with you. If not, drop a comment in and say, hey, what about me? And uh, I want to make sure that we're uh, talking to you and finding out um, and about your needs. And if you have any needs, we want to know about that. Why? Because we're the church and we're here to help. And so you can reach out to anyone on the staff. You can reach out to uh, our deacons. You can reach out to another church member. And uh, they'll get that information to us. And if we have the ability to help you in this time of crisis, we want to be able to do that. Now, whether you are joining us on uh, Facebook, um, whether you are joining us through YouTube Live, or if you're on online.church, uh, because we pre-recorded this, you will be able to interact with us. We're actually sitting out there uh, watching this service along with you. And so um, I hope that you'll take part. Matter of fact, go ahead and drop a comment. And where are you uh, checking in from? And how many people are there with you? So if you're in Centralia with three people or uh, DuCoin or uh, California, I saw last week, some from Michigan, maybe you're down in Florida. Um, it's amazing with technology, we're able to reach way beyond our uh, local community into our national community. Well, here we are in week number four of I Love This Place. And the underlying theme of I Love This Place is this, um, embracing your identity in Christ. Now, when I talk about embracing your identity, I am referring to this. It's who you are today, right now. Not who you are next week, not who you are a month from now or next year, but who you are right now. And a couple of ways that I talked about that was I, I referred to embracing your identity as the church. And um, when it comes to the church, we, we realize that it's not a building. The church is not a individual person the church is not a denomination and we are getting to put this into practice right now why because of what's happening in our country and we're getting to see the church um, get out of the the walls of this or off of this campus and be the church right where you're at well week two we talked about I love this place my community and where is my community it's right where you're at uh, I shared with you it's not inside these walls it's outside. It's where you are watching today. It's the neighbors that you'll pass by. It's those that you're going to see at the gas pump or over at uh, a grocery store when you're out shopping for your necessities. And then last week I shared with you, I love this place by serving. And when I talked about by serving, I, I shared with you three very practical ways. One, we can uh, love by serving uh, next door going to your neighbor, finding out what needs they have. Maybe they don't have the ability to, to get out. Maybe they don't have some of the supplies that you have. Or uh, by making a phone call, calling somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time. You know, this is a great time to be reaching out and finding out and touching bases with those that you haven't heard from. Got a really good reason. And then finally, I talked about using technology, using FaceTime, being able to be right there, be able to see them, um, be able to talk to them and make sure that they're uh, doing good. Because that's what we're trying to do is to reach out to you all and have a in-person, face-to-face type of conversation, just making sure that everybody is doing great. Well, this week I am going to talk about the concept of I love this place by giving. You know, and when we talk about the word giving, there's a, a lot of different ways that we can express giving. Number one is financially. Um, another way that we can express our giving is uh, by volunteering uh, somewhere to work or to work without pay. 
Another way that we can express our giving is the generosity that we demonstrate to our family or uh, giving blood or being a organ donor or just loaning your possessions. It might be a boat, it might be a car, it might be uh, toilet paper right now. Um, but we have the ability to demonstrate giving in a lot of different ways. But today what I wanna do is I wanna share with you um, I love this place by giving, and I'm gonna talk about uh, money. You know, and what's interesting is if a pastor advertises that they are going to uh, talk about giving, here's what happens. You end up speaking to an empty worship center. And so, um, you know, no, that's not why it's empty today. We know that it's because of the shelter in place. Uh, but um, I think this is great that I'm able to talk about giving in this format, and here's why. Number one, if uh, you know, you're not keen on this topic, man, you can tune out right now, move on, find somebody else uh, on their Facebook Live. And at any point, you can come back and listen to this. Um, uh, number two, you're, you're watching this from your home. And so there is no pressure. We're not gonna pass a plate at the end of this. Uh, you, you're not gonna have to worry about uh, signing up and committing to something. Nobody's gonna see uh, when you say, boo, I don't like that concept, or you know, preach, brother. Um, nobody is gonna be uh, watching that, and you're going to be able to just sit back and hear um, uh, the biblical perspective on uh, giving. Because there's a lot of different things out there, and what I hope to do is share with you uh, a couple different angles. And so I want to start off today and talk to you about by giving and the paradox of generosity. You know, generosity is an ideal that I think that almost all of us want to be like. We want to be generous. Um, but the problem is a lot of times when we think about generosity, we think about the fact that, well, that means I'm giving away stuff and it's a zero-sum game. And if I give stuff away, then I'm, I'm going to have less than when I started. But what we find with people who are generous, and I believe in God's economy, that it's not a win-loss situation, but rather a win-win situation. And so I want to show you that. And, and let me just show you uh, in Scripture what it says. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 say this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine. Now let me ask you the question. Do we give when the barns are full or do we give when they're almost empty? Well, the way that I read that verse is I see that we give and then the barns get filled up. Um, I think uh, of a time when I lived in Biloxi, Mississippi, and we were doing a house remodel, and, um, and this was a total one, uh, ripping down walls, tearing out the ceiling, uh, putting in uh, new uh, electrical, new sheetrock. Um, it, it was a major undertaking. The problem was this. I was not a handyman. I was not good at driving nails, let alone doing any other kind of work, and I didn't know what I was doing. But I had a friend. His name was Buster. Thanks for joining us and here Buster, at Temple Baptist um, Church. He came and over, and he was helping me through this process. And there was times where, you know, I was just afraid to do things until he got there, and he shared with me. He goes, Ronnie, he goes, there ain't nothing you can break that I can't fix. When I read Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, I see the same thing. And I think that God's telling us there ain't no financial crisis that you will face that I'm not big to meet the Lord in a powerful way. The question is, do we trust God when it comes to being generous? Are we willing to take that step of faith? Well, there's another verse in uh, Proverbs. It's found in 11, verse 24, and it says this, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer, and another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. 
It's interesting that in letting go of some of what we own, we better secure our own lives. By giving ourselves away, we end up flourishing. We end up thriving. And I don't believe that it's a coincidence that if you take the word miser, you know, somebody that's stingy or really whole, that is the root word for miserable. When I look around the church, I see the people that are smiling and, and enjoying things. I know that that's probably somebody who is a generous person. When I see some of uh, our people walking around and they're not smiling and, and they're probably um, struggling with the, the faith and, and expressing that through generosity. Well, let's hear what Jesus had to say on the concept of generosity. Uh, in Matthew 16, 25, he addressed it this way. He says, whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, in God's economy, some things just don't add up. The results of generosity are um, a lot of times unexpected. They're counterintuitive. It becomes a win-win situation. And the more generously that people give of themselves, the more in turn that they receive. And, when, and it's not just receiving from your neighbors, it's receiving from our Heavenly Father. So when I talk about I love this place by giving and there's a paradox of uh, generosity, let me share with you what I believe is um, the biblical perspective on giving. Now, I've been around a lot and I've heard a lot of people say that money cannot buy you happiness. And I've also heard, and maybe you're sitting there in your living room right now watching this and you're thinking, you know what, I'd like to find out myself. You know, give me a couple hundred thousand, a million dollars, and I'll let you know if this money can't buy me happiness thing is true or not. Well, um, studies have validated that generous financial givers are happier than those who um, aren't. What does the Bible say about this? Um, here's what I would like to show you in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 through 7. And now, uh, you, if, if you go online, if you talk to 20 different pastors, you're going to get probably 20 different views on this. Um, in uh, my 40 years of being in churches, uh, serving in churches, growing up in the church, um, I want to share with you what I believe is the biblical foundation for giving. It says here in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 7, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You see, the Bible tells us that generous givers actually tend to reduce what they spend on themselves. They give it away, but yet they end up with more. They end up growing themselves by giving themselves away. Look at the uh, verse 7 on this. It says, each one must decide or must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, this is, if anyone tells you anything different, this is New Testament giving. You need to give as you have decided in your heart, where you're at and what you're able to. And the Bible says, don't do this reluctantly. So if you're at a church and they're passing a plate and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should do this, keep it. You know, um, God doesn't need our money. God uses it and God will use it when you give it, but God doesn't need it that bad. Um, and not only that, but not under compulsion. Uh, you know, matter of fact, you can just, and I want you to repeat this because I'm going to talk about some other concepts, but I want you to understand that don't ever feel like you have to give to God. You have to give to the church. 
This is what God's word says, all right? I'm just reading God's word to you. So this is how we are going to uh, proceed. We are going to think about what have we decided in our heart? What is the Holy Spirit laid on our heart? And then um, is Pastor Ronnie compelling me to do this or am I a little bit hesitant? Because why? God loves a cheerful giver. But remember, in God's economy, some things just don't add up. And I want to show you how that works. So uh, I've talked about how that we uh, love this place by giving and the paradox of generosity. I talked about the biblical perspective. And I think 2 Corinthians uh, nails that down. But I don't think that you can talk about giving without talking about the concept of the time. Now, I just want to uh, ask, answer the question that you're all asking. You know, um, well, isn't that an Old Testament law? And I got to tell you, no, it's not just because it's an Old Testament law. Um, 500 years before Moses gave the law uh, and talked about tithing in Deuteronomy, uh, 500 years before the practice of tithing was demonstrated. Matter of fact, it was a way that people worshiped God. How about, is it a requirement in the New Testament? Nope. But here's what I would ask you. Can you do more with 100% than God can do with 90%? That's the question that we all have to answer. Are we better with our money, with, with 100% of our money, than God can do with 90% and his help? Yeah, it comes down to faith. So when we talk about the tithe, there's three concepts that I want you to understand. And number one is this, that um, the tithe acknowledges that God is God that God is the provider, that all of the resources that we have, that that's who they come from. Now, there are people who are watching today. You, you, you've, you know, you're kind of watching from the outside. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, you've, uh, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. And um, you, know, you don't see it this way. From a Christian's perspective, um, I believe that God is the creator of everything. I believe that every good gift is from above. This is what God's word tells us. Not only is the tithe a way that we acknowledge that God is God, but the tithe as a form of worship expresses our allegiance to God. The Bible tells us this, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Go look at your bank statement. Pull it up online right now and look where the, the payments are going to. Is it Walmart? Is it um, Netflix? Is it Starbucks? You'll find out where your treasure is very quickly when you start looking at your uh, bank account. Why? Because uh, that's what we are investing in. And then the last thing I think that the tithe uh, talks to us about or, or demonstrates is that it's a way for us to thank God. Thank him for the blessings that he's brought into our life. Thank him for the job that we have. Thank him for the, um, the, the, the blessings on our family. And, and I'll just uh, tell you this. I'm less concerned with whether somebody tithes and more concerned with why they tithe. Because if somebody's tithing because they've been told that all their life and they feel compelled to, well, 2 Corinthians tells me that's the wrong way to approach this. If, um, and ultimately, when I think about tithing, it comes down to this. It's a principle, not a percentage. It's an attitude and not an amount. Now, uh, when I say that, I also got to tell you this, that the word tithe tells us that it's one-tenth. And so um, a lot of times we get hung up on that and we lose um, track of what God's New Testament vision of us giving looks like. And that is this, it's about the overflow of the heart. You know, when, when somebody blesses you, it's easy for us to just to, to give uh, back a little bit. 
It's when we don't think that that is somebody else giving that to us. When that's something that we've earned on our own, we deserve it. It's a little bit harder for us to uh, share that. Malachi 3.10 tells us this. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Let me uh, read a little bit more in Malachi 3 uh, before that. In verse 6, I'm going to start, and I'm going to read back up and catch up to verse 10. And it says this, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Thank goodness that God doesn't change. God is the same uh, today. He's the same that he was yesterday and tomorrow. No matter what happens with this crisis that's going on, no matter, I'll just tell you this, no matter what you decide to do on your giving or not, God doesn't change. God is, is still who he is. He's on the throne. He's still the creator. And his word is still true. It said, from the days of your father, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. I'll tell you, there's many that have walked away from the Lord. And one of the first things that we walk away from is uh, with our wallet, with our checkbook. And so one of the ways when we return to the Lord is in our trust, in our faith, in the way that we um, believe. In verse 8, he asked the question that everybody, most preachers uh, use a lot. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, have we robbed you? And then he says, in your tithes and contributions. In verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Why does they, he use the word full tithe there? Here's why. <laughs> because not everybody was given one-tenth. You know, uh, they were using math, and they were figuring out a way that it, it wouldn't add up to one-tenth. Um, but when we, when we talk about the concept of tithe, it means one-tenth. And I just want to share with you, there are multiple ways that we give in the church. There are many people who give, they just don't give a tithe. They may only give $100 a week, or they may only give um, a 5% or 3%. And, and I'll just tell you that that's okay, uh, but that's not a tithe. A tithe is one-tenth of all of our increase. And I will also share this with you. Um, the tithe is the most tangible way that we can worship God. You know, Deuteronomy really addresses what the tithe looks like and um, how we as Christians uh, can use this. And what's amazing about this ver- the verses here in Malachi uh, chapter 3 and verse 10, and then I'm going to read, kind of, I'm going to share with you a sevenfold blessing that is promised. Because um, a lot of times, again, we, we want to put the, you have to do this. I'm telling you, you don't have to do it. But here's what God says. If you'll do it, this is my promise to you. In verse um, uh, 10, continuing, it says, if, uh, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down from you a blessing until there is no more need. And then the third part of this blessing is, and I will rebuke the devourer for you. How many people could use a little bit of rebuking of the devourer? You know, uh, especially in this time of crisis, especially in this time of when things are going crazy. You know, some people not knowing is, are they going to have a job? And is their company even going to come back from this? Boy, uh, I want God rebuking that devourer. Continuing on, the fourth part of this blessing says this so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, in verse in, uh, number five, um, or your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. And then the sixth part of this blessing is, and then all nations will call you blessed. And the last piece is this, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. I'm proud of our church. 
Because last year we gave 13% of everything that came in. We gave this away to local missions, state missions, national, and global missions. You know, that's pretty incredible for a church of our size. And I think because of that, um, that was why when we sat down at the end of the year and we looked at our finances, you scratched your head. It didn't make any sense. Why? Because God did something that was incredible. Um, and, And I believe it's because we as a church practiced the concept of tithing. Well, let me share with you um, how that I love this place by giving. Now, let me give you my story. It goes way back, almost 30 years ago. Um, it was my first year in the military, and I, got, I was not tithing. I've told you this. Before I went into the military, I was in Bible college, and uh, I ran from God. I left Bible college, uh, and where do most guys go when they run from God? We run straight to the military. I don't know why, but that's what we do. And so here I found myself in the military, and um, I'm in now for about six or eight months, and I have not been tithing at all. I knew I should. I wanted to, but I, just, I didn't have the faith to. And so um, there was a point where I rededicated my life to the Lord, and when I did that, one of the first things that I wanted to do, meet God back where I had left him, I wanted to start tithing again. And here's what happened. I, I wrote the check for the tithe. I put it in on um, Sunday morning. And then that Friday night, my car broke down. And I'll be honest with you. When that happened, I asked, God, what in the world are you doing? I mean, I thought, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm back. How could this happen? Call my mom up, you know, and, and I kind of just cried a little bit to her. And, um, and, and I remember the, the car breaking down, uh, me and my buddy were driving, uh, not too far from here, over in uh, Belleville, Illinois. Uh, we're driving, and um, my uh, clutch goes out. And so um, we're, this is a back road. Um, we end up stopping along the side of the road, and then we get out of the car, and there was a house not too far away, and so uh, we walk up to the house, knock on it. This is before cell phones. This is before all those easy ways to, to communicate. And um, we knock on the door and say, hey, can we use your phone? And this uh, lady was in there. Uh, she was kind enough to let us in and um, kind of told of our predicament. And so um, I didn't have any family in this area. And so my buddy, Matt, he called his uh, mom and dad <laughs> to come get us. And so while we were waiting, it was about 20 minutes for them to get there. While we were waiting, uh, the lady uh, asked the question and she goes, would you guys like some Southern Comfort? And when she asked that, I was like, what in the world is she talking about? Because, like, I wasn't a, I didn't realize that was a drink, all right? I thought she was, like, you know, flirting with us. And so um, I found out it was sitting on top of the refrigerator. There was a bottle of Southern Comfort. I kind of relieved, you know, whoo. Um, and 15 minutes later, the car came to pick us up, and I ran out of the house. Uh, I was kind of scared. Um, I found out the next day to get my car fixed, it was going to cost $400. That was almost everything I had in my bank account. So I got the car fixed. By the time that happens, I've got my next paycheck, and it's time to write my next tithe check. And I took that step of faith. It, it would have been easy. And I questioned, and I wondered, you know, why is this happening? But I trusted. And I can tell you, uh, since that time, uh, Carrie and I have faithfully um, given our tithe. And God has blessed us tremendously. Matter of fact, one of the things that I have done over the years is I would tithe on the income that I wanted to have. In the military, there's different ranks that you would progress in. With each rank, you got a little bit more money. And so I was tithing on the next rank. 
and I had a very successful career. Matter of fact, if you looked, there was, there was a lot of reasons why I shouldn't have uh, progressed, um, sometimes because of the job or the location or staying in one place too long, but it was amazing how God, in spite of you know, what common sense or what the normal career path would say, God continued to bless, God continued to allow. And many people would say, well, that's a coincidence. Okay, you uh, can have the coincidences. I would rather have the God of this world, the creator, um, looking out for me. And I like it that, that he is. Let me just share this with you. When it comes to giving, all of us, there are some questions that we have to answer. And every one of us has the power to change. It doesn't matter what your financial situation is. It doesn't matter what's going on right now in our nation and the, the crisis that uh, may or may not be looming us financially. Every one of us have the power to change. Every one of us have the ability to make a new decision. And I just want to remind you, it's not about God needing your money. But you know what? God desperately wants your heart. So here are three questions that I think every one of us should answer. The first one is this, am I going to give? Am I going to live generous or not? And remember, biblical giving is not out of compulsion. It's not out of necessity, but what God has laid on my heart. You know, the, there's a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 31 where Hezekiah um, was the king of Israel, and he came back, and, and he really put, brought revival into the, the nation of Israel. And one of the first things he did was he realized that, hey, you know, he started reading the scriptures, and he started the, reading the law, and he saw that they were not tithing. The individuals weren't tithing. The, the country, the nation wasn't tithing. And so he, he ma- mandated everybody's going to start tithing. And three months later, when he's going through one of the cities, he's, he goes up to the temple, and he knows at the temple, like, there are just heaps and heaps of, of grain and different uh, um, produce that people had brought one-tenth, because they didn't have money like that, and they used produce, as a, or they used their cattle, or the sheep, or the goats, or whatever it was that they were raising. And he saw all of these things, and he was concerned, so he went to the chief priest. He goes, hey, um, are we doing this right? Because I see you got a lot of stuff here in the house of the Lord. And the chief priest said, but you should see what everyone else has. Because the 90% somehow went a lot farther than it was the 100% was going before the nation of Israel started tithing. And the reality for each of us is we've got to ask that question. Am I going to give? And at what level am I going to give? Am I going to just start giving something? Um, or am I going to uh, go back to um, trying to tithe? Or am I going to try with 3%? You know, uh, here's what I would tell you is, find out what the Lord is laying on your heart. Find out the, the area that you're comfortable with, and then that's where we need to be. Well, the second question that we need to um, ask ourselves is this, can I give more than dollars? You know, generosity is often considered an ideal and, uh, that we want to aspire to, but it, it doesn't always have to be in the form of dollars. It doesn't always have to be in the form of writing a check. It doesn't always have to be in the form of cash. You know, what generosity does, it calls for everyone to live to a higher standard. And the problem with this is when you think of the word generosity in the original, the way that it, uh, was, it came about, it really talked about a higher class, a hierarchy. And so when somebody was um, called generous, it really meant they're of nobility. And they had money that they could give away. 
But then as you go through the New Testament and you see stories about Jesus, when he talked about people being generous, he talked about people who had nothing. When Paul talks about uh, uh, the Macedonians, he talked about how that they were wealthy even in their poverty. Why? Because it's really about an attitude and not an amount. It's really about the principle of trusting in God and not the percentage. But sometimes the problem is this, that we want everyone else to be generous. And, and we put ourselves and we tell ourselves that, you know what, we, we're not wealthy, we're not able to do this, and we'll just let the other people, the ones with the big bank accounts, do that. Well, the reality is that what happens with that uh, person with the big bank account, it doesn't affect your relationship with God. This is a transaction between you and your creator. And so you get to ask that question, can I give more than dollars? Am I able to give up my time and my talent in addition to my treasure or in lieu of my treasure? And the third question is this, how can I increase my giving? You know, I think every one of us um, probably is a level that we can ask that question. Am I giving the right amount or should I give more? You know, some of you, it may just be um, starting to put a dollar or $10. Others, it may come down to, you know what? I'm going to take up the challenge and I want to be able to give a a tithe, 10% of all of my increase. You know, there's three different ways that we give in the church. One is that we just give a gift. Then we can give a tithe. That's the 10% of our increase. Or we can give an offering, which is above and beyond what we do as a tithe. Those three different levels are giving, and and for each of us, it's up to us. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 9 says it this way, not out of compulsion or necessity, but what the Lord has laid on your heart. And remember, when we give, it's about a principle, not a percentage. It's about an attitude and not an amount. And I want to be certain to give you this warning that Jesus gave. In Matthew 23, 23, he says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and what he was saying here is you tithe down to the spices these religious leaders they were so strict on the tithe that everything that they were given they would the the spices they would go and they would measure it so if if they got a pound of spice they would take one tenth of that pound and then that's what they would in turn give And Jesus says, you're a hypocrite because you're tithing at such a strict amount. But then watch what he says. And you've neglected the weightier matters of the law. You've neglected justice and mercy and faithfulness. And Jesus finishes it with this. He says, these you ought to have done, the tithe, without neglecting the others. What were the others? Justice and mercy and faithfulness. And you know what? That message from Jesus is the same to us today. We shouldn't neglect the tithe, and we should not neglect justice and mercy and faithfulness. And it really comes down to a question of faith. You know, uh, I started off with 2 Corinthians 9 telling you that God doesn't want you to do it because I'm telling you. God doesn't want to do it because, you know, for whatever reason you feel like you're being compelled to do this. God wants you to do this because you trust him. You believe him when he says, test me. See if I won't bless you and bless you in such a way that you can't but deny that it was God looking out for you. Well, not only was there a warning, and that goes to those who 
um, uh, are very religious and look at the tithe and then they check that box off. But here's uh, what I want to share with you, and it's a promise. And I actually want to read um, out of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 to you. And it was what I spoke to just a, a few moments ago. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 1 says this, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Now, who is he he's speaking to? He's speaking to the Corinthian church. If you um, do a little research, the Corinthian church was a very worldly church. They, the um, city of Corinth was a, uh, maybe like New York City. Everything was there. There was a lot of money flowing. There was a lot of opportunities for wealth. And the Christians struggled with what was called carnal or worldly Christianity. And so Paul has given them the example of the Macedonians. And it says, through their extreme poverty, they've overflowed in a wealth of generosity. For they gave according to their means as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave of themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that he had started so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, listen, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, in our love for you, see that you also excel in this act of grace. What was this act of grace? Giving. Giving from a generous heart. In verse 8, I say this not as a command. Remember, not a compulsion, not of a requirement, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. Back to verse 9 here. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. You may be listening to this today, and none of this makes sense. Why in the world would you give money to a church that you don't go to? Or why would you give money to a church that's probably not going to use the money the right way? I mean, we've all seen the stories in the news of it being embezzled and somebody doing something with it that they shouldn't. Why would you do that? Well, my answer is simply found here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, that though he was sitting at the right hand of God the Father, he gave all that up and he became poor. He lived a life so that we could be rich. What was the life that he lived? Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, the life that none of us are capable of doing. And he lived this life in such a way that he gave himself the opportunity to die on the cross to pay for our sins. That's how we become rich. And the richness that God promises is not just in gold. It's not just in our checkbook. It's not just in the account. It's not just in having a great job. The richness that God promises is something that stays with us for eternity. And so many people will take these verses and they will uh, move them out of context. And when they do that, what happens? Well, they start allowing greed. They start allowing the wrong heart. They start twisting the truth. And I would encourage you, 
And if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'd encourage you to go to our website, tbccentralia.com slash next. And if you go there, what you're going to find out is that um, there, it talks about every one of us have a next step. And the most important step is this, that we ask Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. I'd encourage you to, to check that out and find out what the Bible says. It's all spelled out there, and it's more important than whether or not we give. It's more important than whether or not we come to a church or we watch something online. This is the most important decision you'll ever make. Matter of fact, everything else in Scripture probably doesn't make sense until you take that next step, until you establish that relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, I want to close with this. And that is, I love this place by giving. So when should we start giving? Well, if you ask me, it's now o'clock. It is now 30. Um, even in a time of pandemic. And I want to share with you three quick ways that here at Temple, uh, we can give and we can make a difference in our community. And the first way is this. Uh, we have a program called Every Dollar Makes a Difference. You can go to our website, tbccentralia.com slash everydollar. And if you go there, you'll find a form. And if you are in need, I would encourage you to fill that out. Allow us to reach out to you and help you. Um, if you, are, uh, you know of somebody who is in need, I'd encourage you to fill that form out on their behalf. Um, fill it out in, in its entirety. That comes to us, and we are expediting those and making sure that if there's needs for us to uh, reach out and make a difference in, we're doing that. Remember, what, what are we trying to do as uh, serving? We're trying to find the need, and then we're trying to make a difference. So if you're in need, I would encourage you this. Ask for help. An easy way to do that is through every dollar makes a difference. Another way that you can um, uh, take a, a now o'clock uh, approach to uh, giving is the 90-day tithe challenge. Uh, sat down with our church leadership last month, and here's what uh, we, we believe God and for a lot of people, the concept of giving 10% of their income seems to be overwhelming. It's hard. I mean, matter of fact, uh, it, it could be we, we've made some bad financial decisions and we just don't have the ability that at the end of the month, uh, you know, uh, we still got more month and no money. Or it could just be from a tough, you may be in between jobs. And, and you're thinking right now is, I mean, this is the worst time. I, I'm there with you. Back when, when I was making next to nothing, you know, when, when that $400 bill, that was um, half of my month's salary. And I'm telling you, I don't regret taking that step of faith, and I don't regret continuing to follow through with that. And, and what we want to do is help you as a church. We want to help you take God up on his word in Malachi 3, where he says, put me to the test. Matter of fact, um, I, I, I share with this people, I wish I could just take the, the faith and the belief that's in my heart and just like physically hand this to you. The closest we can possibly do as a church is this 90-day tithe challenge. Matter of fact, if you go to tbccentralia.com slash challenge, you'll see there, there's some information there and there's a form. I, if you are ready to do this, uh, you just fill that form out, put the date in, that's gonna come in an email to me. And here's my commitment to you, that while you're in this 90-day challenge, I wanna pray with you and I wanna pray for you and I wanna be able to send in, uh, you uh, some extremely positive, uplifting messages while you're in this time. But here's the great thing about the challenge. We believe what God said. We believe that God says that when we 
uh, give a full tithe that he opens up the windows of heaven. He blesses us in such a way that there's not even room to receive that. And we're so confident that if, if you will go through this, you'll fill out the um, online form, you'll let us know that you've started this. At the end of those 90 days, if you look back on those 90 days, you say, you know what? I don't know what Pastor Ronnie's talking about. You know, Malachi 3.10 sure ain't working in my life. All you got to do is let me know. And everything that you've given during that 90-day period, we'll write a check and give that back to you. That's what Malachi 3.10 says. Test me. And I hope that you will test God. Last thing uh, I would share with you is this. Um, because we are not meeting in person right now, uh, luckily our church, uh, over six months ago, we established a, an online giving um, opportunity. And so really, you just go to w, or tbccentralia.com slash give, and there will be a link in there. Uh, we'll be dropping these uh, links for all of these uh, into the comments as well. And um, if you are ready to take that next step of faith and give, um, even in this crisis, uh, we want to afford you that opportunity. And we want you to be able to see God uh, work richly in your life. Because um, I know in my personal life that that's what he's been doing for me. Well, we're going to change gears here and we're going to close with a worship song. And the song that Jermaine and Mallory are about to sing is called Lift My Life Up. And I want you to listen to the first verse in the, the words in this um, song. And it says this, You brought me this far, so why would I can question you now? You've provided, so why would I start to doubt? I've never been stranded. I've never been abandoned or left here to fight alone. So I'm giving you control. You know, I hope that you'll take time to re-listen to this message and re-hear the words. L dive in to the verses. Go back and, and examine this for yourself. And then listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Because we serve a big, big God. Not only is a good, good God, but he is the creator of the world. There is nothing that's taken him by surprise. So as uh, we transition now into worship, sing this from your heart. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.